Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm back, baby, baby. Back now to more of the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show. Coming to you live on this Tuesday evening. 404-726-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. The Odyssey app is how you catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, best way to follow me is through my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. This should not look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. Um, interesting take about uh, from the uh, Falcons report on Fan Nation talking about the idea of maybe if Cordero Patterson wants to continue, um, you know, a, a long term in the NFL or, or continue, you know, if he. Um, um, if he's going to stay past the Atlanta Falcons, that maybe he should switch positions back to his wide receiver days. So they say here in the article, quote, whether or not the Falcons opt to bring the veteran back with Algier and Robinson, the backfield ever could hinge entirely on how productive Patterson is as a receiver and utility player in the 2023 season. Now, obviously we know that, he had converted to running back when he got to Atlanta and had lots of success, you know, again, relatively speaking, but, you know, very much success, you know, with this organization and with an Arthur Smith offense. But, and we've explained this before, that I think his role is to be a slot receiver, to, to play a wide receiver type of position. Not necessarily, I mean, look, will he get some carries, you know, going off tackle? Yeah. I think he'll get some of that stuff, but I don't think that that's where his bread and butter lies. Um, Quote, with Atlanta having so little depth at receiver, Patterson could easily become the second and third option at that position, competing with Matt Collins and Scotty Miller as a secondary option. I I definitely think so, and I, I definitely think that, you know, you've got a bigger guy that you could put in the slot. I think that might be where his future is. And again, not taking anything away from Patterson. It's not a matter of a demotion or something like that, but it's a matter of you give those young guys the rock, you save the beat-up factor, and, you know, again, you have a fresher Cordero Patterson. And I think we saw a couple of years ago that, you know, again, as a guy's not getting any younger, you know, there's there's probably a 
limit on how much work you can give a guy like that carrying the football. And so you have Bijan Robinson, you have Tyler Algier, you have your rookie and a second-year player that you can run the legs off those guys. And obviously Algier, a 1,000-yard rusher last season, 4.9 yards per attempt, 3.6 yards after contact. He's that kind of punishing, bruising guy. And then Bijan Robinson has the ability to be a big home run hitter. And I'm not saying that they're not going to use, obviously, Robinson and Algier in the passing game. We could see a whole lot of two-back sets where Algier and Patterson, or sorry, Algier and um, Bijan Robinson are on the field together, but at different positions. That maybe Bijan Robinson is a slot guy, or you know he's a third wide receiver, or whatever. They're going to certainly use him in all kinds of different ways. They're certainly going to use him in creative ways to get him the football. But I still think that Patterson, you know, because again, and we talked to Tory McElhaney about this a week or so ago, probably not going to be the punt returner for this team. He will be the kick returner. We knew that part of it, but probably not the punt returner. And if you want to keep him fresher and healthier for an entire season, you know, you may have to use him in select spots, find creative ways to, you know, get him the football versus just he lines up and, you know, just runs it off tackle into the right side, you know, versus something like that. Find creative ways to get him the football or get him out in some space and let him do his thing. But I definitely think that that's how they're going to use him as limited amount of carries as a true running back, but being a heavy focus in the passing game. And if you told me he was a slot wide receiver, I would not have a problem with that. I, w- I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. All right, speaking of wide receivers, um, Scott Miller, uh, Scotty Miller, I should say, um, talking a little bit about the idea of Drake London and um, what he could be. Quote, Drake is sort of a similar guy to Mike, meaning Mike Evans. And obviously, Mike, look, Mike Evans is, you know, a, a true stud at wide receiver. Uh, I was talking to London about different things that Mike did. And Mike's obviously been in the league a long time and had a lot of success. So just try to kind of give him some things, some tools that Mike did to be successful. But, I mean, he's great in his own right and all the other guys we have as well. So it should be an exciting offense. Now, I don't know that London can become the kind of dominant outside type of wide receiver that Mike Evans has become. You know, from a size and physicality strength and all that. I mean, look, when you watched Mike Evans in college, you knew he was going to be a star because their philosophy with Johnny Manziel was, when in doubt, just huck it up to Mike Evans and he'll go make every catch. And he'll have that huge catch radius, big vertical base. Just huck it up to him and he'll go catch it. And that's sort of been, you know, the NFL as well. And him and Godwin make an excellent you know, twosome as far as wide receiver tandems go. So, I mean, that that's high praise. I don't, I don't know that he's got the, the same type of skill set that a Mike Evans does with the physicality and the speed and everything that goes along with it. Um, I appreciate the comparison, but I, I don't know, you know, how accurate it is. But again, um, when you're Scotty Miller, you get a chance to play with some really talented 
wide receivers on your team. All right, so Pro Football Focus has basically they they are they come up with this power ranking where they're looking at strength of schedule, um, some of the the different you know rankings among uh, where you know teams are at as far as defensive units and this that and the other betting odds and different things. And they put together this this whole list where they call it the betting market implied power rankings. They say that the power rankings provide relatively clear tiers on the market assessment of each team's outlook for 2023. So there's a lot to, to be implied here. But when you look at the top tier, Kansas City 1, Buffalo 2, Cincy 3, Philly 4, Miami 5, Jets, Cowboys, and Lions with the Ravens and 49ers making up the top 10. Then you get into Seattle, Denver, Jacksonville, the Chargers, Vikings, Browns, Patriots, Steelers, Giants, and the New Orleans Saints come in at number 20. Then it goes into Green Bay, Chicago, Las Vegas, the Rams, the Commanders, and then coming in at number 26 is the Atlanta Falcons. So they say that their spread points above average is a minus 2.23 points. The PFF win total projection for them, what do you think the PFF total win projection for the Falcons is this year? Um, well, it's not going to be two like it was what the other no. year. But, um, but again, even the Vegas Lions were four and a half. Right. But uh, I, one one source, because Freaky ran with that, hey, you know, yeah. two, two wins, two wins. <laughs> right. It was USA Today, and that yeah. was the only. Again, yeah. even Vegas had him at four and That's a half. Right. But, hey, um, two wins. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll say seven. Uh, six and a half. Six and a half. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, Opponents, uh, ELO ranking 31st, toughest schedule, toughest stretch of this, uh, toughest schedule stretch is weeks two through four. Quote, an eight and a half game win total seems high, but this offense seems poised for a breakout. If it happens, the schedule is set up to take advantage. Atlanta sitting at 500 after week four will bring meaningful games down the stretch. Well, I agree with that. I mean, Again, I don't think that any part of their schedule is all that daunting. I mean, yes, there are some good teams in the beginning, right? Green Bay, the Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, there's some good teams early on, but it's not like we play the Chiefs and the Eagles and the the Bengals or the Bill. I mean, we're not playing those teams. We're not we're not playing the best of the best of the best of the best as Will Smith said. Again, they're if you get through that first month of the schedule, much like with the Atlanta Braves, things could start to open up. And there's a lot of vagabonds on that schedule. There's really a lot of teams that we have no idea what they're going to be. No idea. And that's the big mystery about it. Forget the fact of what we know or don't know about the Atlanta Braves. And there's plenty to know and not know about the uh, – sorry, the Atlanta – I'm looking at the Braves up here on the screen – the Atlanta Falcons. Plenty to know and not know about the Falcons. But so many teams that are on their schedule that we don't really have a clue what they're going to be either. You know, is Green Bay going to be a legitimate contender without A.A. Ron? I don't know. They've got talent, but they don't have a quarterback that I'm not impressed by. So that's a huge drop-off. But again... 
you know, they could still be a contender for a playoff spot or what have you or the division or whatever it is. So, again, you know, we don't have an idea of what those teams are. We don't have a clear understanding about how tough the competition really is. It's a last-place schedule. We know that. We know it's a last-place schedule. So, okay, that that gives us hope. And the Falcons' opponents had the lowest win total of a collection of teams in, you know, the NFL this past season. So, they've got the easiest schedule in the league, you know, based upon last year's records. But, again, last year's records are always ridiculous to go by because you can go from worst to first in the blink of an eye in one year. You can completely turn – can complete your turn your uh, season around in, in just one year's time. You don't have to have 10 years, you know, to be able to turn it around. But one year and you could be, you know, at the top of the mountain or you could be at the bottom, you know, of the slide. So, again, I don't think that there are that many daunting games on the schedule. Um, you know, we talked about the idea of I think that they were based upon point spreads. I think when we looked at it, it was like 7-11 and 11 or 6 and no, uh, not 7-11. Um, 7-10, 6-11, somewhere in that range as far as them being a, an underdog or a betting favorite. And if you go by that, just strictly by that, yeah, probably 6-7 wins somewhere in that range. But but I think that realistically the Falcons are in that 9-10 win range. I don't want to give them 12 or 13 or whatever like that. That's That's elite status in the NFL. Falcons aren't an elite team. They still have plenty of flaws and warts and all of it on there. But there are a lot of things to take advantage of for this team. And the schedule is certainly part of that. And again, if I'm betting on, you know, if I'm if I'm betting the house, pro football focuses win total, I, I'm going over that number. I'm going, I'm going definitely over that number of six and a half. Again, the only teams that are below the Falcons are the Panthers, Titans, Buccaneers, Arizona, Indy, and the Texans. So the good news is is that you have two opponents in your division that are directly behind you. Carolina's 27, and the, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 29. So you've got two teams directly behind you. Only the Saints are, are ranked higher on this list. And who knows what they're going to be? Who knows what the Saints are going to be? Is Kamara going to play? How good's their quarterback situation, right, with Derek Carr? I, again, I'm, Dom, I'm on the record. I think Derek Carr's a loser. He's a loser. I don't, I don't, the, the Oakland A's franchise is no different. Where, where are they playing now? Is it El Segundo? It's a great question. Is it, is it Rancho <laughs> Cucamonga? I mean, where, I mean, where are they playing nowadays? I mean, so, again, I would say that the Raiders organization isn't any worse or any better than when before Derek Carr got there. They've had their blips on the radar where they've been really good and they've been nothing. So I don't know how much of a difference he makes in the New Orleans offense, but certainly the Falcons could win this division. Absolutely. I still think it takes nine to 10 wins. I don't think that teams are going to go five and 12 winning the division, but anyway, so we'll see what happens uh, in all of it, but only six and a half on the win total for the Falcons. Yeah, that's not very good. All right, when we come back, we'll talk to our friend of the show, Pat Benson, get his thoughts about the Hawks. And as we get ready for the NBA draft coming up on Thursday, we'll be live from State Farm for the NBA draft. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 99 The Game, the Odyssey.com app.
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Are you ready? John. It's the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show live on this Tuesday evening with you. Is evening we get ready for the NBA draft. Of course, we'll have all of your draft coverage. I will be at State Farm Arena along with Caleb Johnson and Sparty. Our buddy Deshaun Tate will be taking you through the. Draft uh, from 7 to 11 at night. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Pat Benson. He's a sneaker reporter for Fan Nation. Also covers the Atlanta Hawks. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page, at Pat underscore Benson underscore Junior. Pat, as always, buddy, appreciate uh, a few minutes uh, tonight on the show with me. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited. We've got a lot to cover. Yeah, let's start with this. Um, it seems like the Hawks are being... I guess in the mix for every single free agent in the entirety of the NBA, uh, regardless of position, regardless of fit, regardless of salary. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know how much bite there is to the actual bark, but I guess it's good to see that the Hawks are at least tied to a lot of these teams. And again, I don't know how much is going to be from the free agency. We call, we saw Kyle Kuzma is going to opt out today. I, I just, you know, wonder how the addition of pieces it's probably going to have to be through trade, but I, I guess, you know, if they trade with somebody else, they could add some pieces. It's going to be fascinating, uh, you know, I guess is what I'm trying to say when, when you look at the Hawks being linked to just about everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like you, I don't know how much of it's true. I guess the only time will tell. But it is cool to see that they are aggressive and that this new front office, this is their first off season, first off season for Quinn Snyder. 
so yeah, it's really exciting to see that they're out there and they're inquiring about all these different uh, potential players. And also we found out that basically everybody except for Trey is, is available. So yeah, it, it seems like they're flexible and that they're willing to do whatever it takes to make this roster better. What did you make of the comments from Quinn Snyder to Jeff Schultz in an article in the athletic where he talked about the idea of, well, I'm just here to coach and, you know, whatever roster Landry puts in front of me, I'm going to coach those guys up. And there's really, you know, I'm really not involved in the process of, you know, being a part of selecting the roster. What would you make of those comments from Quinn Snyder? I thought it was expected. I thought it was the diplomatic answer. That's what you want to say. But, of course, he didn't come out of semi-retirement to uh, coach a bunch of players he didn't have a say in. You know, he's he's a high paid, he's got four a four year deal. Of course he's gonna play a major role in how this roster is constructed to fit his style. So no, you know, I, I really don't buy that, but it is it's what you say and it, it adds a layer of, you know, uh, I guess for him plausible deniability and for the front office it gives them, you know, the the power and, you know, the authority to, you know, say they are in charge so no i just thought it was the politically correct thing to say well and and you know that pat this goes back to the last conversation you and i had about look as a hawks fan if tony wrestler comes out and says that okay this is the pecking order whether it's you know landry fields and kyle corver um you know whatever nick wrestler then quinn snyder i mean i don't really care but you know this is why i asked the idea about trying to get some definitive answers because, uh, to be honest with you, I think we're just getting a bunch of garbledygook. I mean, and it doesn't – I don't want to say that it doesn't give me confidence, but just when I hear politically correct answers and, mm-hmm. you know, collaborative and communicative and mm-hmm. platitudes and bumper stickers, like, that doesn't inspire me about what this roster is going to be or who's kind of in charge of making all of this happen. Yeah, I agree. I would like more of a clear org chart, you know, especially with wrestler coming from the corporate world. You know, the buck always stops for the CEO, as I'm sure he would say again as a team governor. But, yeah, I would like more of a clear breakdown of who was responsible for what moves. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, I just don't think we're going to get that, especially not in the modern NBA and with, you know, players and agents holding so much power. I'm afraid, you know, this is basically it's going to be like shooting at a moving target. Pat, uh, let's talk a little bit about the NBA draft. Um, you know, again, we've talked about, you know, the 15th pick of the draft is kind of, I don't want to say it's in that no man's land, but, you know, you can still probably get a pretty good player. But, you know, again, can that guy be a fit, you know, right up here, you know, in the NBA without – going to the G League, it, it, it feels like, again, that this is going to be a pick where that guy's probably going to end up in the G League. And, and, and look, yeah. me personally, I, I think it would make more sense for a, another young guy to go down to the G League because there are so many young players and so few roster spots that why not let a guy like that play every day, you know, down at, at College Park? Yeah, I agree with you. Um I couldn't imagine a scenario where they do any better than A.J. Griffin. You know, last year, you know, he fell into their lap and he exceeded all expectations in his rookie season. And I just couldn't imagine that they get that lucky again, you know, around roughly the same spot in the first round. So I'm with you. Draft a a project, not a prospect, and, you know, develop them. And, 
you can't trade on you can't trade all your draft picks away. You know, look at the Lakers. You got to have young players. That, you know, they're the lifeblood of an organization. You got to have them developing. So yeah, you know, draft a pro a um, a project player and you know let him sit at the end of the bench and spend a lot of his time at College Park. And uh, I'm fine with that. I'm not. I'd be shocked if they make any major moves at the uh, on draft night. Hawks reporter Pat Benson Jr. joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. And that's what I was going to follow up with you is, do you think that they make a move to trade one of their draft picks? Or do you think that there there could be a, a blockbuster player that gets traded on draft night? How active do you think the Hawks may be on draft night? Well, to answer your first question, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade their second-round draft pick. Remember last year they traded down. They basically sold their draft pick to the mm-hmm. Golden State Warriors for cash. And right now they are, you know, they have the 15th pick in the first round and then the 46th overall pick, which lands in the second round. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see them if they move up or down in the second round. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised about that. To answer your second question, it seems like there there's uh, – there could be some movement, you know, perhaps Damian Lillard in Portland, you know, that doesn't affect the Atlanta Hawks. I don't think the Hawks will be one of those teams to make a big draft night trade, but overall I wouldn't be surprised if some teams um, make some big trades on draft night. Do you think that they will offer a contract to DeJounte Murray before the start of the season and at least put that feeler out there and, and try to get a sense of what his – what his direction is. I mean, do you think that that will happen before the start of the season or will they kind of drag this out and just not make that an issue as far as him either accepting or turning down a contract extension? You know, I think without any prior knowledge, this is just my prediction. I think that they're going to try to maintain some level of flexibility, see how much longer this works or, you know, doesn't work with he and uh, Trey sharing the backcourt. And, you know, it may be best for all, for all parties to move on at the trade deadline in February if it isn't working. And um, so I think they're going to try to maintain flexibility. But, again, that, that's just an educated guess. Especially keep in mind they also have Onyeko Kongwu and Sadiq Bey who are both coming up on um, uh, rookie-scale contract extensions. So I feel like DeJounte probably won't get a contract uh, before the start of the upcoming season. So with that, do you think that they're – do you think that there's a real chance that they just kind of run it back with this roster, at least the top you know, part of their, again, their five starters, couple of bench players? Do you think they potentially just run it back and see how it goes? And then at the trade deadline, if things are not working out very well, trading DeJounte Murray, trading some other pieces, mm-hmm. do you think something happens in the, in the offseason? Or do you think that maybe Quinn Snyder looks at this roster and says, Hey, I can win with these guys. Let's let's give this a fair opportunity. And then if the trade deadline comes and, and they're not doing so well, then that's maybe when they pull the trigger on some moves. Absolutely. I really wouldn't be surprised if it's a quiet offseason for the Hawks. Um, one, as you brought up, Quinn Snyder may want to stick with these guys. You know, they looked pretty good in the postseason. They beat the Miami Heat in the first game of the play in tournament. And they gave the Boston Celtics just about all they could handle. They pushed them to uh, six games. So, uh, you know, they've got that. And also, of course, let's not forget about the elephant in the room. The team is already $13 million over the luxury tax line without doing anything. So um, I couldn't imagine them doing 
making too many moves without further plunging deep into the luxury tax. So yeah, I really expect a pretty boring off season. I know that doesn't that doesn't get clicks, but I, I could see them running it back in large part. What about their bench? I mean, do you think that their bench is something that you know, Sadiq Bay, you mentioned, is coming up on a contract extension. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they move some of those pieces and and you know bolster their bench, or do you think that they could run several of those guys back as well? I think those guys are more affordable, and I like a lot of them. I think a lot of them high, have high upside. You think about Bay, you think about Kongwu, AJ Griffin, you know, and of course um, Bogey provides excellent veteran leadership. I think, again, educated guess, if anybody gets moved, it's not a surprise. It's probably going to be John Collins or DeAndre Hunter. Those are the two names you see draw the most attention around the league. But then again, at the same time, John Collins, he has staying power. How many times have we said he's he's bound to get traded and he's still in the Hawks uniform? Is that a matter of they maybe just get expiring contracts back and then look to open up cap mm-hmm. space? Or – do you think that they look for, you know, high caliber, high quality players to get back in the trade? Because again, he's not a cheap player and you got to yeah. make some of the money work, but you can do that through expiring contracts and stuff. Do you think they go that route or you think they're looking for quality back in return for a John Collins? Yeah, I, I think everybody would be very disappointed if it was just a salary dump. I think that it would really demoralize the, the team and the fan base, honestly. And I think they're going to want some quality players back. And Unfortunately, John Collins' trade value is at an all-time low due to the constant trade rumors. And he, he struggled shooting the ball for most of last season. So, um, yeah, I, that, that could be another reason why we see Collins uh, and most of the roster intact at the start of the next season. But uh, now I, I think that they would want more than just a, um, a contract down for Collins. Sneakers reporter for Fan Nation, Hawks reporter as well, Pat Benson Jr. Join me here on the waitfor.com hotline. You can check him out on his Twitter page, at Pat underscore Benson underscore Jr. Pat, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks uh, for a few minutes tonight, and uh, we'll talk after the draft and see what happens. Sounds great, buddy. Keep up the great work. You got it. John Chuckery. We'll be back. Sports Radio 92 on the game, the Odyssey.com app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Now, more of the John Chuckery Show. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 
Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at it, Chuck Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Tuesday night with you. Uh, 404-726-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, Braves have grabbed an early 3-0 lead. Um, Austin Riley has homered in the game. Uh, Rosario came in as a pinch hitter for Pilar, and um, he delivered a, uh, a hit and scored a run. Uh, Ronnie's got an RBI in the game. Ozzy's got an RBI in the game. Obviously, Riley has uh, the home run in, an, in a solo shot. So 3-1 right now for uh, the Braves as uh, Spencer Strider, six innings, one run, uh, eight hits, no walks, nine strikeouts. So this is what we talked about, the idea of, okay, uh, we needed Spencer Strider to come up with a big-time performance, and he has tonight. So a lot of hits, but, you know, the good thing is, again, we've talked about this, no walks, no homers given up. So he can scatter the hits because you've got the nine strikeouts to go along with it, but when you don't, when you give up the hits and you walk guys, now you set yourself up for the long ball. And obviously the fact that, you know, look, he's been dominant tonight, 103 pitches. I'm guessing he's not coming out for the seventh inning. I guess we'll see about uh, about all of that. Uh, I did not see here if they had somebody up in the pen warming up or anything like that. But I don't know. Maybe they give, you know, give him one more inning to get through and then shorten up the game and give it to your bullpen um, where you give it to your eighth inning guy and then, of course, your closer in Iglesias. So uh, Braves up right now 3-1. to one. And we talked about the idea of, look, Philadelphia's 38-34. and 34. They're 19-11 and 11 at home. They're kind of floundering around, you know, in third place in the National League East. Um, they have played well. They've won six in a row. So they've won eight of their last ten. So they have been playing well. The crazy thing about the division right now, the Braves are on a six-game winning streak. The Marlins are on a five-game winning streak, and the Phillies are on a six-game winning streak. So the only team that's not holding up their end, the Mutts are on a one-game win streak, but they're four and six in their last ten, and the Nationals are doing what they do best, lose ball games. They've lost four in a row, two and eight in their last ten. But Phillies, Braves, and Marlins are all on nice, long winning streaks. Uh, the Reds are the red-hot team. You know, the Reds are the next opponent for the Atlanta Braves coming up this weekend. They've won nine in a row. What's crazy is they've won nine games in a row. They're only three games above 500. They do lead their division, so they've overtaken Milwaukee and Pittsburgh. Um, they're three games above 500, and they're a minus 18 run differential. Compare that to the Braves. The Braves are now officially plus 100 in run differential. They are far and away the best run differential team in the National League. And if it wasn't for the Rangers and the Tampa Bay Rays, they would be, you know, the best in baseball. But the Rangers have been ridiculous, plus 151. Tampa has been ridiculous. They're plus 143. But if you look at the look at the National League East, the Braves are a plus 100 in the East. The Marlins are minus 13. The Phillies are minus 13. The Mets are minus 11. And the Nationals are minus 56. Not another team in the NL East 
That's a plus run differential team. That's why the Braves are going to run away and hide in this division at some point. Even with the Marlins winning five games in a row and the Phillies winning six in a row, the Marlins are still four and a half back and the Phillies are eight back. And obviously the Braves will pick up a game, you know, they they get to, and it looks like uh, A.J. Minter is in now for the uh, seventh inning. But they pick up a game here tonight. Again, they win, you know, they sweep this series over the, over the week here, the you know, start of the week, and look, there'll be double-digit games up on the Philadelphia Phillies as well. They're 12 up on the Mets now. They could be, you know, what, 10, 12, you know, before – this series is over, 11 or I guess I guess 10 or 11 games up on in this series. So Braves get to July and their double digit leads over the Mutts and Phillies. Uh, I'm not going to say it's over. We won't go Salicata, but boy, it sure is getting close. Like it's it's feeling like that there's nobody going to catch the Braves. And give the Marlins credit, man. Give give the Marlins credit. You know the the Marlins have the third most wins in the National League. Only Arizona and the Braves have more wins. Right now, the Marlins have more wins than the Giants and Dodgers and Brewers and Pirates and Cubs and Cardinals and everybody. Only the Diamondbacks and the Braves have more wins than what the Florida Marlins do this year. And, right, we see this every so often, right? They Once about every five, six years, they have a good season and they start to develop some young players and then they ditch them all. Then they trade everybody away for prospects to rebuild their organization instead of signing anybody to a long-term. The only, I think the only guy they ever signed in their entire history was Miguel Cabrera, right? That was the only guy that they signed. Um, or no, not I'm sorry, uh, not Cabrera, uh, Mike Stanton. Mike Stanton was the only guy that they signed to a long-term deal, right? I was like, was like the only guy that they – they spent more money on Mike Stanton than they had payrolls in, in decades, Crazy, but again, um, they're good about once every five, six years. They find themselves in the playoff hunt, and uh, you know, right now they're hanging tough. I mean, they're hanging tough with with the Braves, and you know, again, the third third best record or third most wins in the National League. So we'll keep you up to date all night long about what goes on uh, in Philadelphia with the Braves as they are leading three to one, and Spencer Strider is officially out uh, of the game. So 103 pitches. And uh, six innings of one run ball. Uh, he did his job, but tonight nine strikeouts, no walks, no homers. So he was uh, he was really good tonight. And we'll see if the Braves' pen can close things out. All right. Speaking of closing things out, let's get to something we call what's bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Buggin' Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. So, in a story from ESPN, they say that the NFL is redoubling its efforts to reinforce the league's gambling policy to players in the wake of a rash of recent violations. So, obviously, we know the Calvin Ridley story, right? Suspended for the year and all that kind of stuff. Well, now an investigation is focused on Indianapolis Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers. And again, sources are telling uh, sources are telling ESPN that Rodgers is believed to have placed bets on Colts games. Um, what is it here? Uh, Miller citing the ongoing investigation declined to comment on the Rodgers probe, but that's been the rumor: is that cornerback Isaiah Rodgers is you know going to be suspended for gambling himself and things like that? Okay, and look, we all understand this, but here's the thing: 
And and let me see if I can make sure that I can come up very clearly uh, on this rule, okay? If I'm the commissioner of the NFL, and I'm sure you can't do this, you know, there'll be all these lawsuits and the NFLPA and all that, okay. But if I'm the commissioner and I've got players that bet on football games, I don't care if it's on your own team, whatever. I don't care if you bet on the XFL. If you betting on football, professional football, okay, I'm throwing you out of the league for life. No tolerance. Like, that's the only way you get to these guys. Because, again, the thing about the betting is it's so easy to do. And you have your buddy do it. You have somebody else do it. You know, again, I I don't know what Calvin Ridley was thinking when when he decided to bet. But, again, every everybody knows you can't bet on your own sport as a professional athlete. Like, who doesn't know this? Like, why do you have to redouble your efforts and put resources to any of this stuff? Everybody knows you can't bet on baseball, football. You can't when you're a professional athlete in that sport. Nobody's heard of Pete Rose, Joe Jackson. Like, nobody's ever heard of any of these people. Tim, uh, what's his name? Tim uh, Donaghy or whatever was the referee? Donaghy, yep. Donaghy, yep. Yeah, like, nobody's heard of these people. And yet these guys are so, if you're, listen to me, listen closely. Let me sit down, listen to me carefully, okay? If you are so stupid that you're a professional athlete getting way above the average life expectancy of salary. I don't care if you play football, baseball, basketball. Your 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 income level is at a significantly higher portion than the general public, okay? If you're that stupid to risk it, then you don't deserve it. And you should be barred for life. You should not be able you should not be able to work in the NFL. You should not be able to attend an NFL game. You can't even talk on social media to f- teammates of yours on, on it. You can't have any association. That's how you make people understand that this is not a joke. You can't get compromised on any of this stuff. Oh, well, it's just a friendly. It doesn't matter. Everybody knows the rule. Everybody knows the rule. There's never been a gray area when it comes to this. Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays were barred from Major League Baseball after they retired because they were taking money from casinos and stuff like that. And they weren't even in the they weren't even in Major League Baseball anymore. They were retired and out of the game. They were still barred from baseball. Nobody can do this. And it's so stupid for professional athletes to to do this. Go, listen, you want to go to the horse, you want to go to Saratoga and bet on pooches and ponies and horses all day long? Fine. To get your fix in. You want to get a pack of scratch-off lottery tickets? Fine, get your fix in. But you can't bet on your sport. And if you don't know this by now, then I have no sympathy for you. It's not an honest mistake. It's not a, well, gee, shucks. 
It's not a, well, I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on. No. You're just plain either stupid, ignorant, or you don't care, or you don't give an F. That's the only three options. Stupid, ignorant, don't give an F. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take the ignorant part of it out because everybody knows it. You're either stupid or don't give an F. And if you don't give an F, then you don't belong in that league and, and benefit from it. You don't belong. Give somebody else a chance who isn't as stupid as what you are. Honestly, in the year 2023, everybody, every single human being knows that if you're a professional athlete, you can't bet on your sport. And yet there's dumb guys everywhere doing this kind of stuff. And I know how easy it is. Oh, you know, you can go to bet online and you can do this and FanDuel and all these different. I don't care. I don't care how easy it is. It's easy to hire a prostitute and go have sex. Again, I, it, you can't be this dumb and, and, and stupid. And I've got no sympathy for anybody who does this anymore. It should be a very simple, here's the commissioner. Um, if you bet on your sport, you're barred from the NFL forever. And if, there's the memo. I just typed up the memo for Roger Goodell. Bet on your sport, never again going to play. Hasta lasagna, don't get any on ya. That's how I would end it. That's how I, 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 I put a memo out to the league. Bet on the NFL, you're gone for life. Hasta lasagna, don't get any on ya. That's how I end it. And you know what I signed? Big Raj. And yet we we have to have we have to have redoubling of efforts, symposiums, platitudes. I mean, who doesn't know this? It's always been the one thing you can't do, always and forever, to quote Heatwave. Always and forever, you can't do this. No sympathy. All right, Chuck, we're back in the Key Studios. Sports Radio, not to the game, the com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.